All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. This is the Eccles Unlimited podcast. I'm your host, Terrence Eccles. And today is a very special day because I had my friend Clay Stark join me on the podcast this week. Uh, Clay is an incoming junior at Ohio University. He's the photo intern for the Cleveland Guardians. Clay has also had many experiences in both in professional and collegiate sports. Uh, We talk a lot about photography in this episode so please if you're interested in that please check it out and uh don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to like this video and everyone please because uh clay's birthday he just turned 21 or he's just about to turn 21 depending on what time you watch this please comment happy birthday clay below all right enjoy the podcast Clay. So how was your day today? Well, let me first, let me, let me try to be formal for the first time. Cause I'm not really <laughs> formal when I do these things. Sometimes right. I sometimes will just come into it and just be very spontaneous and with no plan, with no questions prepared or anything. Yeah. Just cause I know what I want to talk about you yeah. with yeah, 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 or talk about with you. Yeah. And let me just first start off by asking, and I know I just asked you about this like mm-hmm. five seconds ago off camera, what your experience has been like that has sort of led you to where you are today. I know you're only 20, or 21 yeah. soon, uh, right? Yeah, 21. Uh, I will be 21 next uh, Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Yeah. Almost a 21-year-old. Yep. Turning 21 in the middle of your first summer in the big leagues. Yeah. And in a new city, uh, what are your what are your plans for your big twenty first, or if you can share? Um, you know, I'm normally the type of person like growing up and everything. I just had like a select few friends over at the house and had you know grilled some hot dog and burgs and just wanted to play some cornhole and have a couple drinks. Um, I think this year, you know, I just kind of just want to go down to the flats with y'all and the other interns and kind of just kick it not have too too much of a crazy night you got work the next morning obviously but um you know i don't really have anything planned i'm not that type of person that you know has something planned for their own birthday i'd rather plan something else for somebody else's birthday uh, in my opinion um i know i have my cousin uh and some friends back home that are down my throat trying to figure out what i want to do for my birthday i'm like you guys just tell me where and when because I could care less, but I am excited. Uh, it should be a fun time. I just like spending time with friends and family and everything. So that's really what means the most to me and everything. So, yeah, that's good, man. That's that's some pretty good values you have there. And you mentioned a couple things that I wanted to hit on. The number one thing you mentioned was you normally grill at home and play cornhole. Yeah, uh, being a summer born. <laughs> baby that must yeah. be nice being able to do stuff outside it's your birthday oh, yeah. yeah i growing up and everything i don't think i had a birthday that was inside um that i remember um because we always did i, I want to say when my parent when i was growing up my parents always said we could throw you like a big party we could go like pump it up which is like a, a big kids thing um that has like some inflatables and everything that are indoors um, they said we could spend money doing that or you could have like a big gift or something like that one big gift and I always said I was like I'd rather just have one big gift and hang out with some friends um, like one year we went to Top Golf 
um, and you know just kicked it a little bit there, and then came back, watched the movies. It was like a normal Friday night with the boys, um, and that's essentially that's what I like to do. And being a summer month and everything, it's you know the weather in you know unless it rains, the weather's always nice in August. So true, true. And I mean, you and I come from states that don't necessarily have the best weather, so yeah. it's always up oh, in yeah. the air, and you never know. Uh, but one thing you also said was you mentioned cornhole. And I unfortunately learned how good your cornhole game was a few weeks ago. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Just because, like, I didn't realize how big of a thing cornhole was here. Oh, yeah. It's big in the Midwest. Right. Right. And I just remember senior year in our apartment. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's the middle of COVID. I was just dusting everyone. <laughs> like, no one even had a shot. Yeah. No one came within... 15 points of my team it was mm-hmm. ridiculous like i i got i got my bags on the board every time yeah. i play with you and i was getting bags on the board but you were putting bags in the hole so like yeah. and then you explained to me like cornhole is like a thing here in ohio mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it's pretty big here um i mean growing up and everything uh going to my dad's friend's house and everything like there was always cornhole um, even if people weren't playing it, the boards were there, um, and everything. So, you know, I was, so my parents are pretty young. I'm going to give you a little bit of background. So they're young for my age. My, my dad just turned 42 or 43. Uh, my mom, I think is going to be turning 45 and I'm 20. Yep. Um, so, you know, I was always the oldest and the oldest of 12 or 13 grandchildren and everything. So I've seen... I thought you were going to say 12 kids. No, 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 um, so, Like your parents got 12 <laughs> kids in their 40s? Oh, hell no. Um, but anyways, so like I would always go to my dad's friend's house and none of them had kids and everything. So the way for me to interact and not just sit down and see these, you know, these grown-ups and my parents just, you know, hanging out with some friends was for me to play some cornhole. And I'm very competitive. I do not like to lose, especially when it comes to my father. I'll sit there for three hours and I will play until I beat him um, or until he's done playing. Um, So that's kind of what drove it. And I saw my dad playing and I was like, I'm going to win and I want to play. And it's something that you can just stand there. You know, as a little kid, I had a little root beer in my hand (laughs) and everything. So it's fun and i played baseball growing up and it was you know i pitched so it came naturally to me because uh, it's kind of the same motion you kind of just you're hitting the strike zone essentially mm-hmm. um and so i you know that's kind of the background of how i got in the cornhole and it's old i mean from where i'm from cincinnati like and around here like it's everywhere uh college too i go to ohio university um there's cornhole everywhere there too so yeah yeah man i'm sure and you mentioned that root beer. You're gonna graduate that root beer in a couple of weeks, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You bet. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get some spiked root beer. <laughs> spiked root beer. Okay, perfect, perfect. Oh, yeah. Don't don't tell anyone what your drink preferences are yet. You're no, you're, you're yeah. only twenty. No, so. yeah, yeah. I'm underage currently. I, yes, I'm a good child. Exactly, exactly. You're a good kid, Clay. Uh, but no, I'm I'm happy to hear that, and I'm happy to hear mm-hmm. that you've had these experiences not only with your dad but Mm -hmm. with his friends and just Mm -hmm. being able to connect with them and and grow up with them essentially Mm -hmm. i mean you mentioned your parents are pretty young 
Um, what what has be- your family? How has your family impacted your career in terms of like becoming a young mm-hmm. photographer, yeah. working for multiple professional sports organizations, mm-hmm. and also working for a Division One uh, athletic department? Mm-hmm. I guess is because yeah. you cover multiple sports. Yeah. What has their support been like for you? Just like mm-hmm. from a photographer's standpoint, because yeah. I know it's really expensive. I know it's like, oh, yeah. it's a risky business to get into. Yeah. And I know it's like anyone can take a photo, but it's always like the best of the best mm-hmm. with the best equipment take. Mm-hmm. You can tell which what's a professional versus yeah. what's uh, amateur. So explain, talk about your family a little bit. Yeah. Um, so my grandma was an art teacher. Um, and you know, my dad's side is, uh, artistic. My, you know, my dad sits in the office now, um, every single day, but you wouldn't believe it that he can actually draw, uh, pretty well. Uh, my aunts can draw and paint pretty well as well. They're all, t- all art- artistic. My aunt, um, is a design. She went to school for design and everything. So that side of the family has been extremely supportive. Um, and my grandma, when growing up, always had a, a camera uh, on, you know, family vacations or, you know, that's how we got our holiday photos was my grandma setting up a camera and taking pictures. Um, and so I always saw that and I am very creative and I'm not the type that can just sit still um, and do the like just press numbers every single day. Um, so... To give you some like some more background, around probably eighth grade freshman year um, was when I I took my grandma's camera and started taking photos, um, and I fell in love with it. I was like, because I love colors, mm. um, and being able to see colors all the time was great. And then also being able to capture uh, it, a moment and it live on forever was great. Um, so then from there on out, I, you know, saved money, got my own camera, um, and I shot everything. Um, you know, our family, brothers, because I have two little brothers, um, and everything. Uh, and family was, is supportive, if not, like, crazy supportive, because if I would bring my camera to family events, and they always encouraged me to take photos, even when I didn't want to. Um, which, you know, sometimes sucks, because uh, sometimes when you're your family at, like, Thanksgiving, all you want to do is just get fat and eat and not take photos, you know? Yeah. Um, but my, going to my dad and grandma, um, they were the always, they would critique me and everything. Like, my grandma, being an art teacher and everything, she told me, you know, this is what you need to look for. Uh, and same thing with my dad. Like, my dad never, my dad's not creative he always says he he can mimic creativity but he can't be creative if that makes sense so like he can draw like he can look at a picture and he can draw it but creating something new comes hard to him but he's also he's very good at critiquing um my mom on the other hand she just thinks everything's good yeah you know you know how she's your mom yeah Yeah, you know how moms are they want to be supportive so anything that i send her she's like that's fantastic and i'm like thanks mom so like if i you know if i need a little boost i just send her a photo and i'm like she says that's awesome i'm like you know that's you know what i mean yeah um so shout out moms man oh yeah shout out the moms um 
but yeah, that's kind of my family experience. Um, and then I guess the last input is at Ohio University, I go to school there for photojournalism. And your second semester there as a freshman, you have to, you're required to have a full frame camera, a telephoto lens that can go to two, uh, 200 millimeters at 2.8. You have to have a wide angle lens that can go to 2.8. Um, and most of the time you want those to be variable or not variable, but like you can go between multiple millimeters. So like a 70 to 200 that you see me use all the time and a 24 to 70. All of that put together is not cheap now. And it's not included in tuition. So you're paying tuition, you're paying housing, you're paying for food. And then they just were like, yeah, you're required to have all of these. Even if at that point I've already shot a wedding by myself, I've done multiple senior stuff with a, perfectly good camera at that point because i was saving up for what a camera that actually russ uses right now our photographer at guardians yep um and i had saved up some money and everything but they forced my hand my grandma you know i saved up a lot the majority but my grandma put some money towards it as well just out of the kindness of her heart um so that really helped and kind of showed me that you know she sees that i'm trying to put effort into my craft and that i care about it and that I'm really fully going for it and she's there to support it um, financially and, emo- and you know emotionally that's great I think one thing that I will disagree with your dad on is the fact that you said he's not he's well he, he says himself that he's not creative yeah have you ever heard of the term and I'm sure you have being a photographer mm-hmm. the term steal like an artist mm-hmm Yes, it's a very common practice, especially in advertising, where it's like, oh yeah, you look at something that works, and you just mm-hmm. like develop. If it's not always going to be like completely mimicked or oh, yeah. a complete duplicate of mm-hmm. the piece of art that you find to be fascinating or you find to be impressive, and it's just putting your own spin on it or doing your own iteration of it. Mm-hmm. I think that just is creative in itself is being able to interpret someone's art find the fascination or the curiosity Mm -hmm. behind it and then develop your own Mm -hmm. like i think i i definitely would disagree with your dad and say he's probably a very creative person if you look at it from that perspective yeah i mean he says that and everything um i definitely agree with you on when you know you do when I started out photography, for instance, like you don't know what to do, especially when for anything you when you start something new, you look up, say, at, with today's world, like you look it up on Google, like mm-hmm. what is how to do this. Now, for me, it was looking at Peter McKinnon uh, on online and on YouTube, fantastic photographer, um, and trying to replicate that art form uh, because it worked, and I thought it was cool. So yeah, to to a certain extent, yeah, you do have to look at other people's work and mimic it and then eventually create your own style um for sure um but yeah i think i think a big reason why he says that is his grandma my grandma is very good at what she does um and you know when you have a mom that is very good at what she does you know you think that you're lacking creativity especially when your youngest sister is a design major and you're a finance finance major Mm -hmm. um but you know i like to give them a lot of shit but he yeah. is he's very creative uh even if he doesn't think so in different ways 
uh, not necessarily in you know the art form, but when it comes to other things, he thinks outside the box like no other. That's great. I think. Um, I think, and you mentioned Russ earlier, mm-hmm. and you mentioned you were talking about just how expensive it is and everything. Oh, it's crazy. I didn't know how expensive photography truly was until mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago when I, just me being curious, mm-hmm. I asked Russ, I was like, and I'm not going to say the actual number because mm-hmm. I don't want to say anything, but I asked him just how much money is your backpack worth? Like everything yeah. that was in his backpack at the time. And he gave me a number and it blew my mind because it was like, it's a number like that a lot of people would be glad to make in a year. Yeah, I mean, I can give you the numbers if you're okay with it on what my stuff is. Sure, um, yeah. So I have an R5, Canon EOS R5. And I think after taxes and everything, at the and at the time that I bought it, um, I want to say with a converter was about $4,000. That's without a lens. That's without an SD card. Um, and then I bought a used 7200 2.8 that was the first gen that was over a grand and brand new you buy that brand new you're looking at twenty three hundred dollars then i bought a used 2470 2.8 uh that was about i want to say eighteen hundred or twenty three hundred and that's used um and that was i spent more money on that one because that lens to me i love wide angle shots and i love you know doing um landscapes when i'm not doing sports so i spent more money on that now when it comes to bags that is that's something that i hate about photography is because they're it's just padding yeah like it's that's all it is like you can make it yourself if you really wanted to if you know how to sew that's the only difference between a photography bag and a regular gym backpack yeah exactly i mean you like my think tank bag um is a carry-on everything it's got all these bells and whistles but you know, it's still cheaper than a suitcase and it does essentially the same thing that a suitcase does. I bought it used for 180. That bag was worth $350. I bought it used because I, because my mentor up in Columbus knew the owner and we like were, we, I found the bag in his used store in the very, very back and everything. Um, it's like a $300 bag at that point in time, $300, $350. Uh, it's not cheap and not, not at all. Um, so, I'll, you know, when you do freelance work and, you know, you're doing senior portraits and when you're doing family stuff and I always hear like, why did, you know, photographers charge so much, you know, they got to make a living on top of paying for their gear. Um, and unlike, lenses hold their their value like Mm. i could right now sell my lens as long as i keep it in the same condition that i got it i could sell it for the exact same price that i bought it for gotcha but the camera body itself is like buying a car it depreciates the minute that you press that button really yes because you have a shutter count and the shutter counts how many times you know you take a photo um so that's why you know we charge a lot because if you want to keep up with the times and the new gear, I mean, it's like buying a car. I mean, you yeah. drive it off the lot, it depreciates. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And in a lot of professions, people discuss barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. Like, 
for an accountant, the barrier to entry is, okay, what's your, have you completed all your exams? Do you have the Mm -hmm. proper education? Do you have the proper training uh, to be a basketball player? Barrier to entry. Are you six foot five plus? (laughs) (laughs) Are you athletic? Can you shoot? Can you dribble? Can you pass? Can you defend? Um, For, I don't know, a teacher. Mm-hmm. Are you smart? Are you good with kids? Mm-hmm. Like, those are the different barriers to entry. And when people talk about photography, it's like another thing. It's like, like I said earlier, it's like everyone can take a photo. Yeah. Would you say the barrier to entry for a lot of, for like people who want to get into professional photography, mm-hmm. is not only just like <clears throat> having a good eye, having a steady mm-hmm. hand, all this stuff, but also just like willing to put forth the resources it requires mm-hmm. because you explaining that makes mm-hmm. me think like i don't ever want to get into like taking the level of yeah. photos that you take that's way too expensive yeah. for someone like me who's like fine taking a picture with mm-hmm. my my iphone of something yeah. you know what i mean yeah. and what, what would you talk about in terms of like barriers to entry in the photography realm yeah so you know luckily in today's age and today's world you know everybody has access to a camera via their phone and you know phones today i mean iphones take ridiculously good photos if you know how to use it um and like you said everybody can take a photo um so i guess getting into this space is very easy because you can take a photo with pretty much anything nowadays um but leveling up from there is like anything else you have to put in the work and you have to put in the dedication um and when you're talking We'll put sports photography aside because that's a different beast and we'll get to that. But, like, if you're doing portraiture and stuff like that, um, you you know, entry-level cameras can get it done if you know how to use it. Um, I mean, it's just like using... I, I'm going to use a baseball reference, but, I mean, you can use a used bat. It's not going to have the same pop, but you can still be a good hitter just hitting singles. You're not yep. going to hit doubles because it doesn't have the pop, even if you say... You know, hypothetical situation, say it's got like zero pop and it's like hitting with a brick. Mm-hmm. Like as long as you get on base, like it works and you can do well. Um, and that's the same thing with photography. I mean, I always tell people like when they ask, how do I get into this? It's so expensive. And I'm like, just start off small, start off using your phone. This is exactly what I did. Borrow, you know, somebody's camera for a little bit. See how you like it. Look into budget cameras and then start making money with those budget cameras. I mean, Everybody need everybody's gonna want a photo at some point in their life, and especially family. Family will throw you twenty dollars to get you know take their family photos, um, because you're still cheaper than you know a professional photographer at that point in time. And it's family. Family always wants to help you out. Um, and then from there on out, like you know, it's just like anything. You have to put in the work. You have to save up some money. Um, and when it comes to portraiture stuff, like you can get away with some i'm gonna use the word average gear yep um but i mean at the end of the day you can like i did a whole wedding and family portraits and everything on a crop sensor camera that was i want to say i bought it used for 750 dollars which yeah it's not i mean it still sounds expensive and everything but i mean if you have a job that's paying right now with minimum wage, you save up money, you can buy that at the end of the summer and you just get a, you get a, you know, a, 
you get a lens that's probably not great, but it still takes good photos, and you just learn how to use that camera and everything. And you can save up and start money with a little bit and everything. Now, when it comes to sports photography, that's a different beast because the entry to get into sports photography is way higher. Because, like, like you said, like the stuff that Russ and I use is thousands of dollars. Like the four hundred millimeter lens that photographers use on football sidelines, baseball, soccer, anything like that. That's huge. That doesn't zoom in or out. It is set at one focal length, and it's that big. And brand new is twelve thousand dollars. My car is ten percent of that. That's so crazy. Probably less. Like, actually, I could sell my car right now for probably two grand. Yeah. And that won't even buy me a brand new camera that I want. <laughs> so, it, but the sad reality is, is like, you can't zoom, like, you can't get the quality of photos in sports with a kit lens mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, you can get the same action shot, but it's not going to look as good. You can, and every, I mean, you could put, the best sports photographer in the world with the kit lens and you could put the same you know an average photographer and they'll get the same exact shot but mm-hmm. the quality is going to be different and that's where it comes the barrier of entry in sports is just it it's money at that point like it it is what it is because you're not gonna be able to zoom in all the way to get that running back breaching through the o-line yeah or the d-line um yeah. with a kit lens and, and you know you can you can get good quality photos and you can work on your craft on how to compose an image. But when it comes to the quality and what people are looking for, that's when it comes to the, that when that's when it comes to money. Yeah. Um, in the sports world and in, you know, the, the portrait world and everything or the commercial world, but the commercial world, you, you have full range. You yeah. can do whatever you want. You can control the scenario sports. You can't. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, you can't zoom in. Like, you, you just need the gear. Uh, and that's the sad reality of sports stuff. Um, and it's an investment. It, I mean, I know there's a, you know, the Cincinnati Reds photographer, Emily Chen, you know, she's helped me out so much. But, shout out Emily. Oh, yeah, shout out Emily. She is one of the best photographers that I've ever seen. And she's been an avenue of teaching me some, you know, I wouldn't be here today without her. Um, and... I remember she told me that she, you know, I won't disclose the whole bunch, but she at one point in time um, got a 400 while in school and, you know, she had to sacrifice in certain things um, and it's an investment, but look at where she's at now. Yeah. You know, she's the first official team photographer for the Cincinnati Reds ever. Wow. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> it's an investment, but if you're willing to put <clears throat> 12 grand down. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of hard. Just a small, small. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to. Um, if you put twelve grand down, you you better be serious on what you're doing. If yeah. not, you just have shitloads of money, and yeah. it's and I don't understand it. Yeah, exactly. So I guess that's the long answer to that question. Yeah, and I think I like I I appreciate it, of course, and I think people mm-hmm. are going to appreciate it because it gives them a better understanding. Yeah. Of what photographers mm-hmm. have to go through and maybe the sacrifices they have to make and yeah. the investments they have to make. And mm-hmm. I think it will develop a new appreciation for photographers because yeah. have you ever dealt with people just being like, oh, he's just out here taking pictures? Like, yeah, I mean, I I definitely have. When you start out, yeah. 
Um, and, you know, going back to the last question, I have one more thing is everybody needs photos so you can make money. Like, for instance, anything that you see online is a photo. Yep. And you don't need this. I mean, I work for League Photos and they take photo like my boss there has a camera that is worth $6,000. He doesn't use it for his studio work for his other job because the other camera that's worth less gets the job done perfectly fine. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can, you know, there's ways to get around it. You just got to be smart with it um, and do some research and put in the work. Uh, Now, remind me, what was the question you just asked? Because I I went back to the previous one. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. What was the question I just asked? Something about just taking... Have I ever, was it, do you ever just get in a scenario where people are asking Oh, yeah, 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 photos, yeah, like, like it's, it's, it's probably something you might have to deal with, just people just looking at your profession and looking at what you choose to do and being like, oh, you're just taking photos. It's like, what, where do, what do you normally respond with, like, how would you explain to them the importance of what you're doing? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've gotten a lot of crap from my hometown friends in a in a loving manner uh, for the most part because I was, I'm the artsy kid in the group. Like I, yeah. I brought my camera everywhere. I take photos of them. Um, and I think up until last year, to be honest, it was when they stopped making those jokes because they realized I was taking photos of professional athletes and I was walking onto the field uh, at Ohio State as a 19-year-old. Yeah. And they were like, I'm in a college dorm pressing numbers. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know, it. I put in the work. Yeah. Um, but my normal answer, like when I first starting out, um, it is awkward at first because everybody, I mean, if you have a camera, you have a target. Yeah. Because everybody's like what is he doing what's he's taking a photograph uh, of and especially in today's world like everybody they see a camera laser point to you yeah um my normal response is is i'm just you know i'm just taking photos yeah you know see what comes out it's what i like to do if you don't want your photo taken um you know that you know that comes to a, a different topic of conversation um nowadays when they ask me what i do uh, and what I'm taking photos of, you know, I just tell them what I'm taking photos of and they're like, Oh, that's cool. Or okay. And then walk away. Um, or I tell them, you know, that I'm a photojournalist and I, you know, specialize in sports photojournalism. Um, but you know, starting out, it's weird because you don't really know the answer to that question. Um, because I didn't think I was going to be where I was starting out. Um, and you know, it seems like a dumb answer, but I just told people, I was like, I just enjoy taking photos. Like, and, and that could be the kid in me. Like, I just, I just like taking photos. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, there's no real complicated answer to that. Um, except, I mean, you can get deeper into, like, when people ask, like, why are you taking photos, I guess? Um, because then it depends on what job you're doing and stuff like that. Um but when I first started out, I was just like, man, I just like taking photos. Yeah. <laughs> like I, you know, I enjoyed catching the moments with my buddies doing stupid crap. Like, <laughs> and you know, like I said, up until probably about a year ago, those jokes stopped. Yeah. Um, 
And now they encourage, like, they like it when I bring my camera because we all look back onto it. Uh, like my buddy that I was telling you about that just got back from Iraq, we threw mm-hmm. him a, uh, the kind of like a going away party last summer before he we went, uh, for a year uh, in the Middle East. And I brought a little point and shoot crappy camera. And, you know, at first they were a little hesitant, um, and everything, but it was kind of like the hangover. Like we all looked at it afterwards. Yeah. These photos will never see the light of day, but they, <laughs> but they, they all loved it, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of the sad reality when it comes to photography is there's going to be, you know, luckily today's world, it's getting, you know, people are with social media and everything. People understand it more. Um, but, you know, it's hard to, like, people don't really understand the value until they see the product. Yes. If that makes sense. Yes. Like, I can't tell you how many times where, like, people have been skeptical, especially because of my age. Yeah. Um, and they're like, oh, you're just taking photos and everything. But then when they see the product they're like oh that's dope yeah and i'm like yeah it is and i'm like <laughs> that is dope and you know that until you get to a certain point in your career in photography those things slowly go away but they never really go away mm-hmm. um because again i always go back to if you have a camera in hand there's a target on you mm-hmm. um because not everybody likes their photo taken and yep. you can catch some people in some pretty bad moments Oh, certainly. And one thing that I will say is you have made my life personally, mm-hmm. just in my job, so yeah. much easier because you're someone that I can always rely on. If you're at one of our events or, mm-hmm. or something, I know, oh, Clay's here. Great. We're going to get great photos. You, yeah. you, you know what you're shooting mm-hmm. because you've grown up playing baseball your entire life. Yeah. And you, we're going to get a quick turnaround. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Um, it Again, that's... I, I go back to, like, people are always skeptical of people taking photos until they see the end result. Um, and I encourage people out there is if you get your photo taken and you really like it, show your appreciation to that photographer because I guarantee you most of the time when people start off with photography, they do it for free. I can't tell you how many times I've done free stuff. Um, and, I mean... Think about it in a sports thing. Like when you see your highlight reel, you're like, oh shit, that is dope. Yeah. And when you tell somebody that made that highlight reel that put in the time and effort to do it and you really appreciate it, that's awesome. Like I love taking photos to get reactions out of people. That's a reason that I love taking photos of you because I know, <laughs> for one, I know you appreciate it. And two, like I enjoy seeing you smile at, at taking a photo and everything. Um, yeah. Hey, man, I'm never going to pass up on a chance of getting my photo taken, bro. You know, every time I say, it's not, oh, what up, Clay? I do my signature oh, yeah. pose, man. Oh, yeah. So, no, I love it. And, I, and you know, I love the work that you do. And that's why I do try to give you your props and tell everyone you're a 10 out of 10. I appreciate it. Same, you know, same things to you, man. Thank you. Thank you. And I think what uh, what makes it so cool in the end of the day is just how much, like, you're able to see yourself grow. Like you were talking about with your buddies, like just mm-hmm. how much you could see yourself like grow through, oh, yeah. through your photos. You're able to mm-hmm. just tell a story just by taking, taking a photo. Mm-hmm. And I guess when I really realized that you were an exceptional person, an exceptional photographer is one of your first weekends when you moved here or your first weeks when you moved here full time. Mm-hmm. 
um, we were at the mall mm-hmm. getting those photos of the, we were, we were doing a community event. Yeah. We were at the mall and we had certain limitations as mm-hmm. for how you could take the photos. And yeah. the, the photos that came out of that event mm-hmm. with one of our players were phenomenal like you wouldn't have been able to tell like there were certain restrictions that mm-hmm. you were dealt with which were pretty yeah. pretty hard to deal with yeah um yeah so you know that's part of it sometimes you have restrictions um that you are met with in, in anything um but when you're taking photographs of something and you have restrictions of what you can and cannot photograph um in a big crowd you really got to get creative um and play with some angles, play with some light, uh, play with cropping and post-processing and editing and everything. Um, but at the end of the day, like you're there to tell a story, you're there to capture the event. Um, and you know, that's, you, you just gotta get creative. And that's the part of my job that I really like is on a day-to-day basis. Like you never know, like, yeah, there's repetition. Um, but being able, you have to problem solve on a day to day basis, uh, because in photojournalism you're not allowed to manipulate the scene. Um, you know, with the nature of being a sports photojournalist, you know there are times where you're doing commercial work and you can, but when you're capturing an event like that, for instance, at the mall, like I'm there to document what's going on, mm-hmm. um, and I can't control it. And you know you got to problem solve for some certain things, and you know sometimes the end result is good, and sometimes it's not. So. Yeah, no, the end result was definitely great here. And I guess, well, we can talk about it. it yeah. There were children at at the mall during that time that you had to photograph, but you couldn't get pictures of their face because yes. obviously they're children. Yeah. So it was just such a difficult thing because here we are at an event for children and you yeah. can't even take a picture of the child. Yeah. So you were just tasked with something that was so so difficult and the photos that came out of it the posts that Mm -hmm. came out of it the things we were able to do that's one of the events i'm probably most proud of just because of what came out of that event i appreciate it and you know when taking photos like you're always told especially when i go to school is you have to get faces yeah um and in that scenario i wasn't allowed to get faces so how do you tell a story uh, about an event and capture the the kids in this instance they're there and enjoying the event and it's a community thing without getting their faces you know i you know i remember taking photos of them using their hands yeah. um because you know hands are a big thing in photography especially when telling a story um because we use hands on a you know every single day you try going throughout your life without using your hands you don't no, it it's sucks. very very hard and it sucks yeah so there's a lot that that can be told with just hands, um, and especially little kids' hands. Like you know what's a little kid's hand and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so you clearly can tell that there's children there. Uh, their shoes, the way that they act, the way you know the things that they're playing with, um, and you know you can. I, I was taking photos from the nose down, mm-hmm. um, and you can tell that they're children without seeing their face. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this instance, it came out with a, you know, a unique story and some unique photos. Um, and, you know, I grew from it because I've only had to do that, I think, one other time, but not with such a big event. Yeah. Um, 
And a lot that, at stake. Yeah, and I like the challenge. It was fun because um, it made me really think outside the box on how to tell the you know the story of the of the event and those kids being there without showing their faces. Yeah, and another thing that I just thought of is like, how is it like when you say in this scenario specifically? Like, I remember when I was a kid, I loved being in front of cameras. Like, I just mm-hmm. loved. Oh, yeah. Being the center of attention, mm-hmm. being, you know, and eventually you grow out of it. And yeah. That's a phase you go through. Mm-hmm. Like, you want to be, especially growing up watching shows like Hannah Montana and all that <laughs> stuff. You're like, oh, man, I want to be famous. Yeah. <laughs> that looks pretty cool. Like, oh, yeah. iCarly, you're like, oh, man, my gosh. she's popping. Oh, yeah. Like, I want to be just like her. I want to mm-hmm. be in front of a camera. I want to be famous, dog. And it's probably hard because they're like, oh, this guy's here. He's taking photos. Yeah. Let me get in front. Show my little peace sign. Oh, yeah. Show my personality. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you can't really like tell them like, oh, no, I I can take your photo, but I just can't get your face. Like, yeah. how does that work? And I know it probably happens with adults as well. Like there's mm-hmm. certain things you yeah. can or cannot get. Like there may be like a logo you can't have in a shot mm-hmm. or a certain thing you can't yeah. have in a shot. And you're taking someone's photo and you you have to explain to them, like, mm-hmm. I can't take it like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it varies on the situation. Like, when it comes to logo stuff, like, you just have to position yourself in a certain place. Um, in this unique situation with not being able to photograph, you know, the kids' faces and everything, um, you kind of have to con them a little bit. Um, because, you know, you're like, they do want to be in front of the camera. And... Being a photographer, you have to have a level of ethics, um, and you have power. Like, and a lot of people don't realize that and don't think about that. Like, I have the power to embarrass people, ruin people's career if I really want to. Like, it, like it's serious. Like, and I, I have to take classes on it in school. Yeah. Um, because we do have that power. Um. In this instance, like if a kid came up to me, you know, I'd, I'd encourage, I wouldn't indulge in what they want. They want their photo taken, but that photo will never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's deleted and everything. And then they really, you know, they get comfortable with you being around mm-hmm. um, and everything. Uh, so they're like, I've had the same photo. I mean, think about it. when you're a little kid, you get your, your photo taken for five minutes. You're like, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I got some cool photos. I was in front of the camera, and now I'm done. Right. So, in this, like, I got my photos, and now I'm done. He's just around. Um, so, that was one, you know, tip that I tell people, like, that I would tell people is, you know, sometimes you have to encourage people in what they're not allowed to, or what you're not allowed to do to get what you need done. Yeah. Um, in this scenario. Not everything is like that. Um, and then you have to be a fly on the wall and get really creative. Like, I was bending around walls, shooting through, you know... <laughs> shooting through different, you know, cracks, holes, uh, clothes. Um, and luckily that I grew up with two little brothers that are still children to this day. Mm-hmm. And I was a Ninja Warrior coach at one point in my life. Wow. Um, I coached diving for a little bit, so I've had the experience when it comes to little kids. Um, and, yeah, that's kind of how I dealt with that situation. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you sometimes just have to – trick people to get what you need that's yeah. the sad reality of it yeah <laughs> hey man that 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 kind of makes sense and yeah. i like how you brought up the fact that you would take a photo just to like please them and make them feel like yeah. oh you're in front of the camera yeah then you delete it it's like mm-hmm. it's like um my dad uh 
before I started shaving, I'm like, Dad, I want to be like you. I want to start shaving. <laughs> yeah. He'd put shaving cream on my face, and then he'd wipe it off with a cloth. Because yeah. mm-hmm. if you put a razor on a little kid's face, you're yeah. bleeding all over yeah. the place. Um, and it's like it's like just playing into that facade just to yeah. like make them feel like they're involved. Or like yeah. when you hand... You, I'm sure you probably have dealt with this. You're playing a video game. You hand mm-hmm. your little brother the controller, yep. and it's not plugged in. Oh or yeah, it's not on. Oh yeah, you're not touching my game. What you mean? You're <laughs> five years old. Get out of here. Exactly, <laughs> and they think they're doing something. Oh yeah. So, okay. and I get that. That that's yeah. that's pretty cool. But like, all right, how annoying is it when dealing with adults in this profession? Because I'm sure, like, yeah. especially when you're tasked with something like photo- taking photographs of fans at progressive field for an mlb game Mm -hmm. they're like oh hey hey yeah kid in the white hat come take Mm -hmm. my photo yeah i mean there's that's a definitely a big challenge especially when you're photographing fans that are at an event that is supposed to be um uplifting and very energetic yeah um and you know the nature of the game is you know a lot of the we sell beer and when people are under the influence, um, they they like their photo taken. Yeah. Um, so to way the way that I navigate it is, uh, if I'm trying to get candid moments where people aren't necessarily looking at me, they're kind of just in, you know taking photos of them enjoying the space and the game. Um, you use different lenses so you can zoom in and stuff like that um but if i'm confronted of like i want my photo taken again you kind of just indulge them and you take their photo once or twice and then you know they know you're there for instance but they're not looking at you because you've already done what they need or what they want for instance that's one way to go about it another way is like if they're really adamant about it you show them the photo i don't always do this because they're always like they want the they want the photo and i can't necessarily do that for you know 20 plus fans or yeah. twenty thousand plus fans yeah um and then sometimes you just have to have some hard con- some hard conversations like I, I can't tell you like i'm tasked with you know getting some new updated logos and fans for instance like with the guardians logo and not the indians logo yeah and you know i've had some not so you know luckily around here we have had some nice fans but i've had a fan or two that is pretty adamant of me wanting to take their photo and i'll indulge them for instance but if they want me to keep taking their photo i'm like i have a job to do and you're also wearing indians gear yeah you're like not you can't the, have the chief we're, just we're like, not the indians yeah like that's the reason i'm not taking your photo like if you want to come back with guardians gear or just I, neutral gear or neutral gear like i'll take your photo but i'm here for marketing reasons at the at, during at this point um so yeah again it, it varies on the situation um you know family portraits and weddings are a different breed don't even get me started on weddings yeah um you know you, just, you, you need to learn you need to be sociable and you also need to learn like how to navigate a conversation and lead them during the right, you know, to the right direction. You know, my default is I'll take a photo. I'll show you that. Like I can, there's so many people that don't believe me that I don't take photos. Like I just point the camera. I'm like, why would I not do that? Yeah. Like, why would I point, why would I point the camera at you and not take the photo? <laughs> like that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. So like I take the photo, show them, walk away. Like, because at that point in time, like, they, they just wanted their photo taken. That's all they wanted. Yeah. Um, 
they didn't want it, yeah. you to like send it to them or anything, or no, you just can't has, because oh well, yeah, it's too um, much. and you know, at the end of the day, like my go-to is just indulge them. Mm-hmm. But again, I always go back to you don't have to use it; it's up to you. Yeah, um, and everything, and that's the easiest and simplest way to not get confrontational. Mm. Um, is you know, with fans, I don't really get confrontational. In other scenarios, like street photography, mm. um, that's when you can run into some issues and you just indulge it and walk away. Um, and sadly, in some other instances, you got to get confrontational. Um, but again, like, you can always just delete a photo. Yeah. Like, you don't have to use it. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, the simplest way that I go about it um, in most cases. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's good that you at least indulge them. And yeah. so trying to keep from, from the confrontations, especially yeah. it, it'd be one thing, like you said, street photography, mm-hmm. but it's like, this is your place of work. Like, yeah, exactly. how would that look getting yeah. in a bunch of different arguments just with yeah. people based on like yeah. their photo preferences and whatnot? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, and luckily with the baseball atmosphere, like the majority of the time, they're not going to care what they look like. They, they just want their photo taken because they're having a good time. They're drunk. Yeah, <laughs> for the most part. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, with the world of photography, you run into so many different scenarios, um, so many different types of people. It's why I love it. You meet so I mean, photography brings you to some crazy places and some crazy experiences. Um, and, you know, I there's a billion different scenarios that you know could have a billion different answers um but with my line of work that's you know my answer to that question hey man that's that's awesome um let's let's switch gears a little bit yeah i feel like we've been talking about photos like you've been giving free game like you're giving me a lot of insights into like the world of photos which Mm -hmm. like we've been sitting in the same office probably five feet away from each other for Mm -hmm what the past three months yeah. and i'm learned more today just about what you you do professionally yeah, yeah. than you know i have in these past three months mm-hmm. but i guess something that i do enjoy about our office dynamic is mm-hmm. we don't necessarily always talk about work in the, in the office oh yeah but... we get to talk about some of our other interests some of mm-hmm. the things we're working on talking about family stuff like yeah. it's a great positive place to be and yeah. Um, what has your experience been like just working in the Guardians organization and then yeah. being with the Clippers before this and seeing a lot of the guys who you with, you mm-hmm. were with last year just yeah. come up to the Guardians and, and do great things? Yeah. Um, you know, it's been great. Um, the majority has been awesome. I, I do like like mentioning about the office dynamic. It, you know, I, I probably do the most far-fetched thing out of all of us that has zero relation to it, what every anybody else does mm-hmm. um i'm more of a service to you guys than uh me working with you if that mm-hmm. makes sense um i love it though like i come in there dab you up have a good time chat it up and everything and i enjoy that because it makes me work better because i'm the type of person that you know i've got adhd like and i get distracted very very easily and luckily photography is one of those things where i can lock in real quick but I need a break every now and then. Uh, and, you know, with the office dynamic there, like, we can all chat it up, have a good time, get some work done, obviously. Um, and we're all great interns. Uh, I think everybody there is the best of the best. Uh, and I mean that. Um, 
And it's been great, you know, coming from the, you know, when we're talking about work-wise, like doing my actual job and everything, coming up from the Clippers, seeing those players come up here, like, was low-key like a proud dad moment. <laughs> like, because you're seeing them work their absolute ass off in the minors, like, and, you know, to be honest, minor league games, like, you do have those diehard fans, but at the end of the day, like, Thursdays are like, when you see corporate people come in just because they, on their lunch break they don't want to work like yeah. they don't care that who's playing or anything yeah. so watching those players come up was awesome and then coming up here it made it feel more like home and more comfortable because i was like i'm used to pho- photographing gabriel i'm mm-hmm. used to photographing oscar i'm used to photographing tyler freeman and will brennan and everything and they've seen me as well mm-hmm. like i could see it click when gabriel saw me yeah like the for the first time here I was like, he's seen me before. Yeah. Um, like, he and, got called up too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it, well, the Guardians, like, when I got the offer letter, they sent me a graphic saying, you've been called up. Oh, really? And I posted that. I was like, hell yeah, I have been. Because, yeah. it, it, you know, I felt like I was going up with these players. Um, and it's been great. Um, you know, I love what I do. I wouldn't change it for the world. I don't care. You know, obviously money, you do have to survive, but... If I'm living comfortably, you know, I don't need the, you know, the craziest, you know, house. I don't need to go on a crazy vacation or anything. Like, I just like the atmosphere that baseball provides and sports in general provide. And, you know, that's, that's my true love is like, I love being in there and capturing those moments and everything. Um, And, you know, Court and Austin have been great, like when it came to the interview process, it took a while, but like I was, I applied back in November of 2022. Wow. And the, before me, before I even applied. Yeah. I applied back in November and they like on the application said I was supposed to start around spring training time, if not earlier. Um, and being a kid, you know, I'm 20 years old. I just finished my sophomore year. I was, I was applying during my sophomore year and, you know, sports internships, especially this one, like, require you to be there full season. So I was fully prepared to hope, you know, I thought I would find out before, like, I would have to pay for school. Yeah, the second um, semester, right? Yeah, because I was fully committed to just dropping school for a year to get this experience and staying in school for longer. Um, that ended up not being the case. The interview process took longer and everything. Um, uh so court and austin we ended up working on a deal to where i could work remote um in the spring and then kind of come up you know i'm here now full time in the summer and then kind of like a hybrid situation in the fall um and i couldn't be more thankful to them um because again being a 20 year old like this is a dream like i've had classmates of mine they're asking like how'd you pull this off and i'm like i don't know <laughs> to be honest like i was just rolling with the punches yeah and i just put my head down and worked hard um but i have an enormous thanks to them because i wouldn't be here obviously if they didn't hire me and yeah. they you know they came to i remember when getting the email from them like hey we want to talk to you again um but it's not you know it's not your normal thing and i was just like oh shoot i was like I'm not getting the job. Um, and they were like, yo, we really like you. And we, how, like, how could we make this work? Yeah. Um, and, you know, I had, I had the balls to say, I'm not coming up because I've already paid for school. 
Um, and the interview process took longer. But if you have a summer thing, I'd love to do it. Or a hybrid situation, I'd love to do it. Um, and they took it. They were like, we love this idea. Like, yeah. we've never done it before. It's the first time they've done it. Uh, I don't think they've ever hired, like, in this position an undergrad before. No. Um, so being the first undergrad is kind of wild. Um, and enormous thanks to McCurtis and the whole staff. Is It's been great. Yeah, and I guess what the one of the things that they said when they first hired you was they were like, "Yeah, we hired this kid. He's still in college. He was far and away the best, <laughs> the best. Uh, I, I was about to say prospect. He was far and away the most qualified for this position. Mm-hmm. So it's like we had to give it to him. Um, and I heard that I was like, "Oh, well, he must be good then." And then yeah. you show up and you start working, and I'm like, "All right." I get it. Yeah. I see the, I, I see the clay hype. I see yeah. the clay hype. And yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing about uh, photography, especially because mm-hmm. like you could have taken an entire semester off, work this internship yeah. and probably part of the next semester. Mm-hmm. And you just go back to school or like at that point, it's like, well, do you need school or whatnot? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, there's no, I'm sure there's no description on job descriptions for a lot of photography jobs. Mm -hmm. There's no bachelor's degree required as for, you know, most comms position, most Mm -hmm. marketing positions. It's like bachelor's degree required. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's a tough decision. And I mean, you stuck to what you believed in and what you wanted to do. And, um, you know, things don't always work out the way we planned. And the fact that the fact that they made that exception too just shows yeah. is a further testament of the guardians organization oh yeah uh just because like they didn't have to do that they could have just been like all right that's fine he was the best person mm-hmm. um he can't come we'll just go with number two but no yeah. guardians want the best they get the best and yeah. and they do whatever it takes and oh, yeah. i mean it's a true true um just testament to to what we do here i mean yeah i mean if you look at it like look at the I got once I got hired, like I was getting emails and everything. We're the youngest team in baseball. Yeah. In last, you know, last postseason, everybody was saying the kids are back because we're the youngest team in baseball because they invested in young talent and they saw the hardworking young people and they took a leap for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, for instance, look at Will Brennan. Like that man has, he's the a, man. I he love was Brennan. putting in the work when he came up here and he's young. Yeah. I mean, look at Oscar. He just got his GED this year. Yeah. Like Oscar's a year older than me. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's crazy. It, it's crazy. And you know, RES is younger than me. Yeah. It's crazy. And I like to think like that same mentality has gone throughout the entire organization and not just baseball ops it's gone through up to, you know, hiring me. Like, they took a leap on, a, you know, an incoming junior. Yeah. Uh, that had just turned 20 yeah. uh, at that point in time. Like, it's, you know, the organization's great. And I like how open-minded they are when it comes to that stuff. Um, and, you know, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. So. Yeah. I mean, this has been the best experience of my life just working yeah. here. And, yeah, it's been great. What do you do when you're not taking photographs? Like, mm-hmm. what are some of your interests outside of that? Yeah, so, <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of like a loaded question. Uh, Sorry about that. No, 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 no worries at all. Um, the 
the big reason why it's a little question is my girlfriend about a month ago said, Clay, you need to find a freaking hobby <laughs> because all you do is talk about work and photos. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess the, you know, I'll give you the long answer. Um, photos was a hobby for me. Yeah. And I somehow turned it into a job. Yeah. And so, Oh, I see. So yeah. like, I love what I do. Yeah. Um, but you know, I have found some other things, you know, I love going to the gym. Um, I, I love being active you know, when I do with, some heavy lifting, Clay. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the heavy lifting. Love the heavy. Oh yeah. Um, so you know, hanging out with friends is good. I do. I want to golf more. Um, I you know I live back at home uh, on a golf course, um, and you know during COVID, my dad and I would walk nine uh, during COVID. Oh nice, yeah. Um, and you I wouldn't would, play, you just walk. <laughs> we would we would play, but you know we don't have golf carts. Because it was, it was shut down because oh. of COVID. It was shut down because of COVID, so we would have to walk the bags. Jeez. Um, so, I love, you know, and as a little kid, I loved playing golf. Uh, but, you know, I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in baseball, so I stopped playing golf. So, I had my bat, you know, my baseball swing. Yeah. Um, so, I've been in and out of it. I'd love to get more into that. Uh, so, anytime I can go to the range, I, you know, I'm, I went to the range twice this past weekend. Oh, really? Nice. Uh, yeah, with some buddies and everything. Uh, you know, Playing video games, Rainbow Six Siege, mm, such a good game. Um, and then you know, let's see. I just like being around people. Like I'm happy to be on. Like I just love hanging around people and being with friends and everything. Um, that's pretty. Like again, I, I need to find a freaking hobby. Um, you know, in it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Like I, I'm 20 years old and I'm working for a major league baseball team in. So, you know, I'm bound to just talk about work and photos. Um, but I think, you know, over the past month, I've, I've been really trying to figure out what I like and some hobbies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so if you have any suggestions, I'm here to, you know, I'm here. Um, playing sports, though. Oh, I was, you know, I guess playing sports, for one, is a hobby. Uh, I, I played uh, soccer at OU. Hmm. Um, not for the actual team. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not that good. Um, but I played for, uh, intramurals. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And everything. Um, play softball with my dad when I'm back home, whenever I can do that. Um, you know, I would, once I reach the age and everything and I have the time, I'd love to coach. Mm. I, you know, I, I taught pitching lessons, uh, last summer and I freaking loved it. Um, so I guess that would I would love to you know have that be a hobby once I I'm not traveling you know all the time. I currently have three different homes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know that's and I'd love to travel as a hobby as well. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend and I we you know that's one thing that we've said is we we want to travel. Mm. Um, so you know I guess that's the very longish answer to that question yeah uh not really an answer because i don't really have a hobby sadly i'm still trying to figure that out right now you have plenty of time so you have yeah. plenty of time yeah are, are you you say you sound a bit um we've never talked about this you sound like you're an extrovert yeah so um i'm like a i'm definitely an extrovert uh for the majority and everything um but you know, I get overstimulated with eighty with eight my ADHD oh, and right. everything, yeah. so I have to wind down. Um, 
But, you know, I was talking to my, my buddy the other day. I was like, I told him, I was like, I don't think I could ever live alone or not near friends. Mm. Um, like, I, just because, like, I'm a sociable person, like, I could sit, even with my girlfriend or with my buddies, like, I could sit in the same room. Like, my emotional, like, state will naturally be happier just being around people even if we aren't talking. Mm. Like, it's weird. I always go back to, like, a, for instance, wolves travel in packs. Yeah. So, like, I, I feel like I have a wolf mentality. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. So, I got that dog in me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, that's... I would say I, I'm the I'm an extrovert. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely the most outgoing out of my family. Oh. Uh, 1,000%. 1, my dad was an introvert probably till his freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. Like, heavy introvert. Heavy. You know, heavy. <laughs> And then my, you know, my mom, we like to, she likes to think that she's not, you know, an introvert. She could live in a cabin for the rest of her life and not see another human being. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then we got Lucas, the smallest one in the family. You know, he's shy and everything. And then we got Lincoln. Lincoln's a wild card, man. I have no (laughs) clue what that, he's going to turn out. He's going to pull, though, when he's up. Really? Oh, yeah. He's a good looking kid? Yeah. Hey, man. If he's anything like his brother, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, you know, I I like being around people. I like enjoying, you know, company. I ne- I hate hosting, though. That's really? One thing. I hate hosting. I don't want to clean it up. I'll, yeah. help, I'll help. If I make the mess at somebody's place, I'll clean it up. Yeah. But I don't want to clean up 8,000 people's place in my house. I want to go back to my house and fall asleep after yep. I've had a long night. Yep. Um. So, yeah, you know. I would go to my cousins at OU and just sit on our couch playing with their cat while they're doing homework. Really? Yeah. I just like being around people. It's weird. Huh. It's very weird. Um, That's so, pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's it's funny how you mentioned you're like, I could never live alone or away from friends. <laughs> and <laughs> here I am literally living alone two states away from all my friends. And it's like... You and me both, dude. It's yeah. weird. It's been an adjustment. Like, it's been a crazy adjustment because I do live with people, but I wouldn't necessarily call them my friends because we're all just interns here for, like, three months. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's weird. And, you know, for, for me, like, I'm not shy to talk about mental health. Like, it's been a toll on mental health for me. Mm-hmm. Um, again, with also my age and everything, like, it's the first time I've ever lived by myself. Oh, like, for, right. Like, yeah. Because, like, in a dorm, you're, you know, at, at school, like, you're, you're living by yourself, but you're not really living by yourself. You have a meal plan and everything. Here, first time I got to buy groceries. First time I'm driving to work on a, you know, 9 to 5, if not longer than 9 to 5. You know, sometimes you got to work for 14 hours. Big time, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's been an adjustment. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I didn't think about this until now. Yeah, this is my first time living, like, off by myself. Like, mm-hmm. hours away from, like, family, coaches, friends, all yeah. that stuff. And I'm 24. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like crazy that this is the experience you're having. Um, I'm trying to think back to the summer I was your age. So it's mm-hmm. 2019. All right. I know I sound old. You're not that it, old, man. It was 2019. I just bought my first car. It was a Kia mm-hmm. Soul, a 2011 Kia Soul. Yeah. Anyone who knows me from back then remembers my Kia Soul. Rest in peace. Um, it's not dead or anything. I just traded it in. Oh, yeah. For a way better car. Yeah, I love my car now. Um, 
it's so like I just purchased that car. Like I'm driving to and from school because mm-hmm. you know during the summer we had three camps at Maris that year. So mm-hmm. I worked all three camps. And yeah, I, we had workouts, we had practice, all mm-hmm. that stuff at at it's summer in Maris. Yeah. So like I'm still in that college environment. Yeah. Like I never I I was living on my own in you know similar to housing that you were in with mm-hmm. like a bunch of random people who were just yeah, on yeah, campus yeah. for yeah. for the summer. And I, it's nowhere near a similar experience at all because, you know, our coaches are buying us food. We are mm-hmm. on a strict uh, routine every single day. Yeah. Whereas, like, here, like, obviously you have to go to work, but on a day off, you can do whatever the F you want to do. Oh, like, yeah. It does not matter. And yeah. you have to make those decisions at 20. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. Yeah, it's... It's been a crazy adjustment and, you know, I've had to go through some mental stuff, you know, um, to try to figure out how to adjust. And, you know, my mother would say that I, I don't handle change well. Mm. Um, and you know, this, this past summer is, I kind of didn't think that until then. Um, and she's right. I don't really handle change well. Like it takes me a minute, Mm -hmm. but I, I love to travel because I like to see new things. So I, you know, moving here um, and even traveling 10,000 miles last year by myself, like it sucked, but I've grown so much from it and I love feeling uncomfortable now. Like I've grown into being uncomfortable and Mm. learning from it and growing as a person um, and doing things that you're not comfortable with. Um, and this has been a great learning experience. Um, it's real funny because, you know, the first time I made, like, I cooked at home, obviously, but I never bought the groceries, had a recipe, blah, blah, yeah. blah. First time I did that here, sent a photo to my mom, and I said, hashtag adulting, what you got now? <laughs> and she thought that was the funniest thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's it's been cool. Um, it's been different, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I got to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing on those off days. And I'm yeah. like... I don't know what to do. Right. I, I don't know. I'm 20 years old. Like, I'm just going to sit here and watch TV. But, but then I'm like, you know what? There's a park. There's a lake. Like, there's actually some cool things to do here. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, trying to figure it out, uh, growing up as a, as a human. Um, and I kind of, I like the state that I'm at right now is, you know, and I still have, I always tell myself is stay true to having that kid mentality, but being mature, uh, have, be goofy, have fun with it. Um, but know when you need to buckle down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think right now I've, I've got to, I understand that more than I did a year ago. Um, yeah. especially being on myself or being living by myself and everything. Yeah. It's all about growth and, oh, yeah. and you're getting there for sure. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, yeah. and I'm glad you were able to talk about all that too. Oh yeah. Just I, like anything express that. Like it's, yeah. a, it's, important that you mention that because it's a tough situation oh yeah having to especially like um the one thing that you didn't you didn't mention which i know was probably tough was like you're not only the youngest you're not only um coming into a new city Mm -hmm. living on your own like trying to figure out like this whole adulting thing Mm -hmm. um i i did the same thing you did too my first my first weekend in grad school because yeah. like I'm like, you know what? Don't give me a meal plan, mom. 
I'm going to do it myself. Oh, yeah. And I started to send her a picture of my chicken and broccoli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every oh, yeah. week I would send a picture <laughs> of my chicken and broccoli. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, it was like, okay, we get it. You're eating chicken and broccoli. Yep. And it's like the only thing I knew how to make oh, yeah. at the time. Um, but yeah, that's funny. It's like you're walking into a, a room where like you mm-hmm. didn't know anybody. Mm-hmm. You didn't know our dynamic, mm-hmm. and you didn't know how you would fit in. Yeah. And we were already very comfortable with each other. Like, yeah. I first introduced myself to you as Sam Stack. Like, <laughs> <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, I had been so I had been messing with Sam for months at that point. Yeah, yeah. like almost two months at that point um, when you first like came okay. in yeah. into the environment. So it's like you're walking into like we're already comfortable. Not only mm. are we older than you by a few mm-hmm. years each. But we're already all comfortable with each yeah. other, and you have to walk into that environment. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's a shout out to you for appreciate it for navigating that and figuring it out and becoming like a member. Oh yeah, and and now we're just like we're all peers at oh, this yeah. point. Yeah, it's awesome. It's been you know it's been great. Um, I appreciate the kind words, and you know, I'm always when it comes to talking about topics like talking about how I express is like mental health is a big thing that I like to express and talk about because um I you know I struggle with it in a certain way um and my family has struggled with it in some certain ways um and then you know if you acknowledge it and everything um you know you can be a better person and that's I'm not scared to talk about it um and yeah this I remember that day I walked in there and you're like I'm Sam Stack I'm like get out of here no you're not you think I didn't do my research you're Terrence Eccles get oh, out of here man. Eccles right. Unlimited yeah <laughs> you're on my you're on my monopod it's freaking great yeah the other, I, the other day somebody asked me is that Terrence on there and I was like hell yeah it is just gotta shout out the homie <laughs> yeah dude free advertising for the podcast oh, I yeah. appreciate you for that um last question yeah yeah um before we wrap it up is it's something I ask a lot of people and it's something that I think you could really help people by answering this is like just like what's one piece of advice you've received that you've used throughout your journey as a photographer Mm -hmm. or what's one thing you would give to like a young photographer who wants to be a photojournalist Mm -hmm. in sports who wants to Mm -hmm. reach the heights that you've reached and Mm -hmm. the heights you're going to reach one day it's Um, what's what's one thing you would probably say to just like give them a piece of advice? Yeah. Um, well, I'll say two things because uh, if you put two of these together, you can get a long way and learn a lot. Uh, one is do not be scared to reach out and get critique from uh, other photographers. You, you know, even if they're not skilled in what you want to do, they still have some insight that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. My freshman year, I reached out to Emily. I reached out to Getty photographers that were alum. I reached out to a recent alum that was an intern at the cult at the time. And I learned so much. And being open-minded and taking their advice and realizing that you do have to, you're going to learn Mm -hmm. uh, and that you're not the best. Like you can, you know, myself, I'm competitive. I think, you know, I I think I take a good good quality photos, but do I think they're the best of the best? Hell no. Like I have a crap load to learn. Yeah, not yet. Uh, I have a crap load to learn. And there's never in nobody's career is there a place to where you don't have more to learn. Um, so don't be scared to reach out uh, and take criticism and run with it uh, and learn from it. And another tip that I would give is 
be a risk taker and don't, you know, and be comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Mm. Um, there's, you know, times where, you know, in the photo world, not every photographer is going to agree with this, but a lot will um, ask for forgiveness later. Mm. Um, because, again, I go back to what our topic was the other day or earlier is people don't understand until they see the product. And you might, you know, you might get a little eye there, a little eye there. And, but when they see that product, they're like, oh, crap, I want you to do that again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so take some risks. And it doesn't have to be drastic. Um, you know, for me, a risk can was coming here. Like, I put yeah. myself, I took a risk being, to put myself in an uncomfortable situation um, and learned from it. And, you know, I ran with it. Uh, so I guess, you know, it wasn't one, but two is, you know, don't be scared to take a risk and believe in yourself and then do not be scared to reach out and take criticism from other people and learn from that as well because with those two things you can you'll learn so much i mean so much i talked to the boston's photographer you know about a month ago like i told you about that and i had there were some things he talked about that i already knew but i learned so much yeah um so those are the two those are the two things that if I were to tell my younger self or somebody coming up, um, those two things for sure. That's awesome. And Clay, you have a very bright future ahead of you. Yeah. Very proud of you. I appreciate it. Um, thank everyone for listening to this yeah, podcast. Thank you guys. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Of course. If, do you have any work or portfolios that you'd like to shout out or Oh yeah. Uh, Instagram page. Yeah, yeah. Check out underscore Clay underscore Stark. Uh, Clay Stark, uh, like Tony Stark, for instance, I'm a big Iron Man fan. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Uh, and then check out ClayStarkPhotography.com. That's where you'll see all my portfolio stuff. Uh, and you know, if you guys have any questions, I know I'm only 20, but you know, I do have a little bit of knowledge. Um, or if you want me to learn from you, do not be scared to reach out. I'm always here. Uh, and again, thank you for having me. Uh, this is awesome. So you know, I've always wanted to be on a podcast. Yeah. Um. So I think I'm addicted now. Like, yeah. This is awesome. Um, So, yeah, I I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Of course. Of course. You the man, Clay. All right. Peace.